Well, welcome everybody to the July Youth Pastors Roundtable Conference Call and Podcast. Uh, we are so excited that you guys are joining us today, wherever you're at, in your car, in your office, uh, at your home, wherever you might be. Uh, our desire here is that you just feel like this call is an opportunity to hang out uh, at Starbucks. I just got done drinking uh, some tea, and uh, I'm here uh, ready to talk with my friend Paul. And we just kind of hope our desire, you know, our desire is for you to feel like we're at a coffee table together uh, around the nation, just talking about youth ministry, talking about uh, leadership, how to get better ourselves, how to help our teams get better, to go further, faster. And so we've got a great call for you today. Uh, Paul is, is, is awesome. I'm excited to get talking with him. But before we do, we've got a couple of announcements for you guys. Uh, Victory School of Leadership, we've got uh, – some spots available. We start at the middle of August. If you've got students that are looking for leadership development, character development, where they can get a college degree, ministry training, all in three years, we would love to talk to them. Uh, they can go to our website, which is joinvsl.com. That's joinvsl.com, and they can fill out an application there. I would love to talk to them about helping them with their post-high school education and ministry training. Uh, we'd love just to, to hang out and talk with them a little bit. Also, mark your calendars for August 31st. We're going to be talking with Abe Matos. from He's a youth pastor at Church at the Glads in uh, Florida. He, he's uh, doing some great things with reaching uh, high school campuses. He's found a very unique way of getting on to these campuses that uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, places, a lot of youth pastors have a hard time getting on. He's really helping himself and other people get on these campuses and reach them and partner with them in a very unique way. And so uh, I'm excited for that episode. Uh, we'd love to have you guys on that call. I know most of you guys are listening on the podcast. We want to say thank you. Uh, man, each month we just have more and more people listening. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. Thank you for uh, listening to it and just talking to it about with your team, your friends, and those of you guys do ministry with. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Uh, again, uh, each time I, I see some of you guys, you're just uh, so encouraging for what we're doing, and, uh, and it just keeps us going. So thank you guys so much. But please feel free to like uh, on iTunes, uh, please share, uh, all, leave comments. All those things help us uh, to get the word out about what's going on. And like I said, I know most of you guys are listening on the podcast, but if you'd like to join us on a live call uh, where you can interact with the speaker yourself, ask your personal unique question, you can text us YPRT, YPRT to the number 51555. And that will get you signed up for our text reminders and our emails so that you know uh, what we're going to be talking about, who we're talking with, um, all that kind of stuff. We'd love for you guys to go on a live call so you can interact, ask your own questions. Also, all that information is on our website, which is yproundtable.com. That is yproundtable.com. We'd love for you guys to go on there, check that out and uh, get a hold of some of that information. So enough with the uh, announcements. Let's jump into our conversation today. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to Paul. I met Paul at a leadership training event here in Tulsa, and uh, we were there together uh, just uh, learning how to be a better communicator. And uh, we met, 
he is from San Diego, and so we instantly connected, and uh, he works with millennials and helping them. And so we, we, we dug in deep and said, man, we're, I think we're going to be friends for a long time. And so Paul is a leadership coach. He's a best-selling author and, and speaker. Uh, Paul is best-selling author of Quarter Life Calling, Pursuing Your God-Given Purpose in Your 20s. He's been really helping millennials out and people working with millennials, uh, churches, businesses, entrepreneurs. How do we work with millennials? And Paul was named one of the top 33 under 33 Christian millennials to follow by Christianity Today. Uh, I've seen him endorsed by Brad, uh, Brad Lominick and all kinds of people. Paul is, is a mover and shaker. Some of Paul's favorite things to do is eat authentic Korean food, tennis, and travel. And I know he's been picking up some running recently as well. Paul currently, like I said, resides in San Diego and is enjoying the weather, I'm sure. Uh, so, Paul, uh, man, I'm excited for you to uh, share this morning and uh, fill us in, help us out, man. So, Paul, the table is all yours, my friend. I want to start with um, a story that really changed my life, um, that helped me redefine success, how I've been able to go on this path from meaninglessness to a really a purpose-driven life. And uh, the story starts where I read in a newspaper about this guy. His name is Alfred Nobel. And um, Alfred Nobel was the inventor of dynamite. But one day, Alfred Nobel woke up. He read his newspaper like he does every single morning, but to his utter surprise, he opened his newspaper and read his own obituary. So you might be thinking, like, how is this possible, right? Because obviously Alfred's not dead. How can he read his own obituary? But what happened was Alfred's younger brother actually died a few days ago, and the reporter thought it was Alfred who died, not his younger brother. So it was a huge mistake that made and there was an entire article about Alfred's death and his legacy. And uh, Alfred, he was, as he was reading through his obituary, there was nothing that talked about his noble intentions of breaking down the barriers that separated men and ideas. But rather, in the eyes of the public, Alfred was simply known as the merchant of death. And from that day on, Alfred made this one big determination and said, I'm going to tell the world my true meaning and purpose in my life. So he started to, to uh, set aside this enormous fortune that he made to fund prizes and awards for people who made the greatest contributions. And now, 21st century, that's how we get our Nobel Prizes today. So when I read this story, it, it really shook me because I thought to myself, what if I woke up the next day and read my own obituary? What would it say? Would it read the way I wanted to read? Or would I have any regrets? And it might be a morbid question, but I, I really want to challenge you. I really want to encourage you to think about the same question. What about you? What if you woke up the next day and read your own obituary? What would it say? What would it read? And... This, this, this story really changed my life because it helped me with, to learn this important principle. Andy Stanley said, direction, not intention, determines your destination. Let me repeat that again. 
direction, not intention, determines your destination. And discovering your direction, how you do that, is, is what Stephen Covey says in his book, begin with the end in mind. It's, it's imagining a very clear picture of, of your legacy. How, you do you want to, how do you want to be remembered as? And rewinding back to where you are today, your current reality, and as you reverse engineer, you're now asking the question, who do I need to be? What do I need to do to be that person that God has created me to be? And in, in the middle of that, a very important question comes up, and that's your calling. Your calling, I believe, is your compass that's really going to help you find that direction in your life. It's, it's what I call your true north. So before I even go and talk about the, the how, of, how of finding your calling and all the details, I just want to share a little bit about my story, which I think a lot of people can resonate. I'm a millennial, and you know, all my life I've, I felt that I lived this linear life, you know, go to a good high school, get good grades, go to a good reputable university, and then you know, get a good GPA, find a good job, and then once you get this dream job, you're set for life. And for me, you know, growing up in a, in a family and a culture where they focus so much on education, that was how I defined success. In fact, when I was in college in my senior year, my um, elevator pitch was, to become the youngest chief human resource officer at a Fortune 500 company. And whenever I said that, people would be mesmerized and say, wow, Paul, like, that's a really cool you know, dream and a vision you have. But uh, in hindsight, I mean, I probably didn't really believe in that. I just said it because it sounded cool and people, you know, I wanted people's validation in many ways. But uh, once I graduated, I had the opportunity to – uh, work full-time at Boeing, and as you all know, it's the largest aerospace company in the world, over $70, $70 billion in revenue with over 170,000 employees, just a huge international company. And uh, for me, I was in my early to mid-20s working with senior leaders who are twice my age. I was uh, making nearly a six-figure salary at a very young age in my 20s, living in a very posh neighborhood in downtown Portland, driving my BMW. I was, uh, in, in many of my friends' eyes, living the dream. And um, all my life, I said, okay, great. I, I came to this far to really accomplish this dream, but I couldn't deny the fact that as this honeymoon phase period ended over three, six months, and a year goes by, I start to feel the sense of emptiness. This, this is sort of a restlessness that I, I experience in my life, in my heart. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is really interesting because I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm not feeling like I'm living out my purpose. And more and more, I'm feeling like I'm just, uh, uh, this is a daily grind. I'm just, you know, uh, going to work, in and out, clocking in and out, and there's really not much purpose here. And I start to um, really think about these questions, like, is this really what I am meant to do, am meant to be in my life? Um, I thought this feeling would go away, but unfortunately it didn't. So I would try to fix this problem like any type A-driven young professional would do. So I would go to a, a Barnes & Noble bookstore, and um, I went to the self-help section, 
bought dozens of books literally on like self-help and things that would help me fix my life, you know, all these great books that talked about the how and uh, I would highlight, read all these books, create my own notes, apply it. But after trying all this, actually it didn't help at all. In fact, I felt more empty. So I was now literally feeling like very anxious and feeling like I was in a crisis. And I remember one night that literally that changed my life. And that was when a Sunday night, clearly remember trying to go to bed, but somehow I can't. In fact, my, my, I'm on my bed. My body is shaking. Um, I've never experienced this before. My hands and feet, it's sweating like crazy. My heart's just racing. And I'm just trying to like to figure out what is going on with me right now with my body. And really out of desperation, that's when I cried out to God and said, God, I have no idea what's going on in my life right now, but I just need you to tell me that things are going to be okay. Please tell me that. And as soon as I said that prayer, an authentic, genuine prayer, I really felt God was telling me, Paul, you've been asking the wrong questions all your life. And I had this like the panoramic like a history of my life, and that's when it really clicked. Everything I wanted was about me what kind of school I wanted to go to, what kind of job I wanted to have, what kind of friends do I want to be with, the community, the job, the, the lifestyle, the car I wanted, everything was about me. And never once in my life have I asked God, God, what is your plan for me? What is your plan for my life? And that's when um, the next day I met my mentor and as I shared this story he he patiently listens and hands me a book this book literally changes my life because the book talks about how every single person has a calling it's by Oskin it's the book the call you might have read it but for me that taught me how success is not about power prestige possessions it's not about making a name for myself climbing the corporate ladder Instead, success is spelled faithful stewardship in God's world where he has designed me with a specific purpose, specific gifting, specific personality. And my job is to steward that and become the best version that God has created me to be instead of constantly comparing myself with other people. And that's what I did, constantly comparing myself. And... I wanted to share a couple of different things that I learned throughout this process because I realized that I wasn't alone. In fact, I was what many people, my friends, were experiencing. They would ha have the same questions, same thing, but they were just doing nothing about it. For me, I, I'm like, I cannot stand this. I have to do something about it. And that's when I started to go and read all these books from Tim Keller's Every Good Endeavor, you know, from, from John Acuff's Start, from, from Gordon Smith's uh, Let, Let Your Life Speak, you know, all, the, all these amazing books that helped me redefine my understanding of success and understanding of calling. And as I read literally over 50 to 100 books on this topic, I realized I had to write a book that would help people find their calling because many people in their 20s are so lost in life. Many of them are in autopilot Unfortunately, many of them don't even realize they're lost. 
And that's when I started writing the book, Quarter Life Calling. And I wanted to share a couple ideas and concepts that I've been able to glean from this book on calling. And most importantly, how we define calling is so important because calling is, is sometimes people see it as a job. What is your calling? Meaning, what is your job? But there's a bigger holistic understanding of calling. I, lo- I love what Oskina said here that before being called to something, we are called to someone. Before we are called to do, we are called to be. And this idea that we have a primary calling and a secondary calling. And a primary calling is this idea that we are called into, first and foremost, our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that a calling requires a caller. And as believers, we understand God is the author, creator, the ultimate caller of our lives. But the world we live in is so much focused on the doing we become intoxicated with this world of doing. And oftentimes we even put service for God uh, where we idolize that uh, instead of just being in that relationship with, with God. So for me to be able to, to tell people that you need to differentiate what is a primary calling versus a secondary calling. The primary calling is universal. Secondary calling is more specific to each person's giftings, their, their passions, their life story. All of them are different. So being able to differentiate those two is huge. Now, you talk about how do you now find your calling? Because truth be told, we're not going to probably experience the burning bush moment like Moses experienced, where you just suddenly out of nowhere got literally audibly calls you and says, you know, Paul, like you're going to just do this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, that's so easy. That would be so awesome to hear God's calling in that way. But unfortunately, it doesn't happen like this in the 21st century. So how do we find our calling? Um, I love what Parker Palmer said. He said that before I can tell my life what I want to do with it, I must first listen to my life telling me who I am. So it's about listening and paying attention to how God created us, especially in this noisy world, because there are so many voices competing voices that are fighting for our attention. And the best way I can think, uh, talk about this, I, I highlight this in my book a lot more, but in the short time we have, I just want to help you understand this. How do you find your vocational sweet spot? And imagine a Venn diagram, four circles. There's an interlo- interlocking area, the, the middle um, sweet spot, and there's four circles where there's the personality, your God-given wiring, the tendencies that you have that's so unique to who you are. And then there's your giftings. These are your spiritual gifts, your strengths, your marketable skills that some are born with and others you developed over time. The third is your, is your passion. This is where you ignite, you know, things that ignite the fire in your soul, right? And lastly, most importantly, is your life experiences. These are the doors that God has opened or closed in your life, the people or things that you've gone in through your life. It's not a coincidence. I call it God incidents, right? It's, it's part of God's story and why things happen in your way. So how do you find your calling? I believe the best practical way, especially your vocational calling, is to look at those four different elements and go through a number of different, uh, different examples and stories that will help you dig into that. And I wish I had the time to really guide you how 
through each each one, but unfortunately, we don't have enough time here. So I just want to share a few of uh, practical things that you could do to help people who are, um, are, are millennials or even Gen Z who are, who are going through life and are thinking about, you know, I don't know what what's my dream is. I don't, I don't know what to do with my life. And the number one and most easy way to think about this is doing a life mapping exercise. And if you've never done this, it's very simple. Your life is a story. And discovering your calling is a function of knowing our story in life because every experiences that you've had in your life happen for a reason. And these stories define who we are. And, and a big, big concept here is that God uses our past to inform our future. Let me say it again. God uses our past to inform our future. So if you want to know what is God's calling in my life and maybe our vision you got to do a life mapping exercise. And a very simple way to do it is this. Get a blank piece of paper out and just there's, draw a graph, a, a y-axis and an x-axis. And on the, in the, uh, on the vertical axis, what you want to do is put a positive turn and a negative turn. In the middle, there's going to be a horizontal line. And that's where you are able to identify different experiences or things that happen in your life. These are defining moments that happened in your life. It could be positive, it could be negative, right? And everybody has both of them. But think about these moments that have shaped you to be who you really, really are. For instance, for me, I grew up as a third culture kid. I grew up in Korea, Canada, and the United States. I moved around a lot. So for me, that was a big, big a defining moment for me. Quitting my job at a Fortune 50 company uh, at Boeing and just being able to pursue this, this new calling that God's given me has been huge as well. So for me, it's just like identifying and drawing out visually what are the negative turns and the positive turns that happen in my life. And once you go through this process, then you start to really think about, you know what, why did this happen? The big question, why? What did I learn from it? Who are the people that were part of this defining moment that shaped me to be who I am? What are the values and the beliefs I've learned? So I, I highly recommend that you go through this process because it's going to really shape you to understand who you really are. And that's going to give you a better understanding of your past that will perhaps inform you on how to find your future. So that's one simple practical way you can do that. Um, there's other tools that I highly recommend that um, will help you discover your giftings, your personality, like Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders. These are very practical resources that is available out in the market that you could definitely use with guidance as well. For your passion, doing an exercise where you're really understanding what, what, are, what is my holy discontent. And that is what Bill Hybels calls this idea where you see something broken in this world today. And it, this brokenness really breaks your heart so much that you want to do something about it. You want to take a positive action. And for me, that's really when I see young people who are so lost, who are wandering away, floundering in the sea of meaninglessness, knowing, not knowing what to do, and just wasting their 20s and 30s away. And, and that's something that breaks my heart deeply.
But for every single person, it's going to look differently. And you might not even know what that is, but you need to be able to learn how do you cultivate that. So to sum up, um, really I think going through these exercises and thinking through the four intersection points of what is my personality, what is my giftings, my life experiences, my passion look like, that's going to be huge to really help you understand what is your calling. And lastly, I just want to say this, that oftentimes our calling seems so much bigger than who we are. We get intimidated by it. But I just want to let you know that D.L. Moody said this best. He said that Moses spent the first 40 years thinking he was a somebody. He spent the second 40 years learning he was a nobody, and he spent the third 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. And oftentimes, I feel so disqualified to pursue God's calling. In fact, I don't feel like I have the skill sets. I don't have the connections. But I realize God uses people who are available before who are able. And when you have that mindset of surrendering your ego, surrendering your agendas, surrendering everything you have, but in fact focusing on what God wants. That's the number one most important foundation you need. That's going to help people really discover their calling. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for, for listening, and um, uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, Paul, thank you so much for jumping on and uh, sharing that. I mean, that was, <clears throat> that was great, great stuff. So uh, I want to jump into a couple questions and answers for you and a couple questions. And uh, before we do, though, tell us a little bit, just a snapshot of the book. You kind of referenced it a little bit. But tell us a little bit about the book. Tell us where we can get that and uh, uh, give us some information about yeah. it. Sure thing. The book is called Quarter Life Calling, uh, Pursuing Your God-Given Purpose in Your 20s. And uh, this book is really anyone um, who really wants to discover their calling, whether you're 20-something, whether you're a teenager, whether you're, you're in 30s or 40s. Honestly, this book is, is a practical roadmap for anybody who is thinking about the big questions of life. Who am I? What am I here? Where am I going? And um, uh, there's a lot of practical uh, guidelines and um, exercises that I include in the book that's uh, what I feel like is a very differentiating factor and uh, you can immediately apply it in your own life and I really think that that's going to really help you to fulfill and live out your calling. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, most of the guys on this call, girls on the call are uh, you know, youth pastors and so um, I know quite a few of them are millennials themselves, but not just for themselves, but also for their students, correct? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, so they can get that and, and uh, help their students along. And so uh, what about, I know there's some other things that you're doing. Um, you've got uh, some new blogs and things like that up. So where, where, where can they uh, continue to connect with you and interact with you a little bit on, on uh, Internet, websites, things like that? Yeah, um, there's two websites. I would recommend you check out. One is my personal platform, which is paulson, P-A-U-L-S-O-H-N.org, where um, I have uh, a lot of resources on leadership. If you're wanting more uh, resources on calling or millennials, the organization that I founded and the CEO am is called Q-A-R-A.org. 
We do coaching, consulting, training with different um, youth pastors as well around how to engage your, um, your youth or your millennials. How do, you, um, how do you help them find your calling? We also work with millennials as well who often are young professionals who often feel they're lost, they're in a quarter-life crisis, and they don't know what to do. So we provide a lot of resources, and we're trying to create a community as well with that. Oh, that's great. That's great. So you've mentioned a few books uh, that have really helped shape you, but what, you know, what are some of those, those top key books that have really shaped your life, uh, really navigated you through some of this journey? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, uh, The Call by Oskinus. It's It's a really – amazing book it's 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 not like it's not like a really easy book honestly i have to read it a couple different times it's pretty uh deep and profound but it, it's a book that i come back to time and after time i also en- enjoy parker palmer's book uh let your life speak uh, that's a really uh, short read but really profound as well um there's a lot of books too like for instance um a book that's also very practical but that's helped me a lot is called shape um, by a pastor at Saddleback that uh, talks about uh, similar things as well. Um, there's other books that also, um, To Be Told is another story by Dan Allender. Uh, he talks about that your life is a story and, and uh, being able to learn how to, to make sense of some of your failures, some of your perhaps uh, mistakes you've had in life, right? Because everybody has mistakes and failures, and how do you redeem that? Because uh, part of God's plan is redemption of, of our lives, and we often feel, uh, we often carry this huge baggage of, of shame, this, this embarrassment of, of our past. But even God, who is God, good God, can use that for His good. So uh, it's a, these are those are some of the powerful books that I would recommend. Yeah, I know uh, as a youth pastor, I've used uh, that shape uh, with uh, our students and even myself. Uh, I know Doug Fields has written a bunch about that. I believe that Rick Warren has on the adult level. I know uh, Doug Fields has written quite a bit about using shape and just talking about what are some of the the things that you're gifted at, what are some of the things you're passionate about, what, what is your heart screaming for, uh, just all of those types of uh, things that have been involved in your life and, and using. Uh, I, I know one, one of the things that we've done is uh, help our students taking like love language tests, uh, gift, spiritual gifts tests, things like that. All of those are just really big on uh, helping us find what is God doing, saying in our life, and mm-hmm. um, been really, really good. So you talked about uh, one of those books you talked about failure and um, mistakes and things like that. And so you said, God, correct me if I'm wrong, you said God, God uses our past to inform our future. So talk about how, how that connects with failures, uh, mistakes, things like that. How's, you know, and the redemption story, maybe in your own life or, or as you're traveling around with your book tour that you've kind of seen God using our past to inform our future. How, how do you kind of see that connecting? Yeah, um, I think that's a huge question. I mean, I, I've always struggled with public speaking. Um, in fact, I've always told myself that I would be uh, a horrible speaker because of some of my failures I had uh, growing up in my teenage years in Korea. I moved a lot growing up 
And when I went to Korea, I spoke literally zero Korean. I was about 10 years old at that time. And um, I couldn't really communicate with anybody except my parents. I mean, they would try to talk to me in Korean. I would listen a little bit, but I would respond back in English. But um, when I was about 13 years old, I was in class, and my teacher, Eric, called me up to read this paragraph in Korean. And um, I obviously knew that I was going to butcher it, and I read it, and I butchered it, and obviously, you know, all my friends, classmates started to laugh at me. And then I, I really started to feel uh, really like, man, this, this is horrible feeling to be laughed at in front of the entire class. And it's not like this happened once. This happened like once a week for, a, for about a year. And I felt so um, devastated, in fact, so stressed out that I couldn't focus on the content of my learning, but every day I was trying to calculate the odds of being called out by the teacher. And um, I, I felt like, man, I, I'm a failure. I'm a, I'm a loser. And I started to have these negative uh, self-talk about myself. My, my self-esteem and self-worth was very low. Um, but over the course of my life, God started to remind me that Paul... Um, you might have told yourself that you're not a great speaker. You might have told yourself that, you know, um, you'll never be able to articulate your thoughts well and, you know, people might laugh at you. So even in the beginning, I, as I started launching my book, uh, I, I started getting all these speaking requests from different churches, different conferences and Christian colleges. And I was paranoid because I was living in the past. I was... I was thinking about that insecure young boy who, who was like, I can't, I, can't, I can't do this. But that's when I started to realize that this is not about me, first and foremost. This is about God's story, and I have to just rely on God. And that, that means obviously praying about it, and I'm like, God, please help me. I need you to literally help me. But also, I, I realize that I have to practice. I have to do my best. I have to overcome this through God and Holy Spirit helping me. And um, I started practice. I started really practice hard and um, really just speak from my heart, most in, first and foremost, instead of always thinking about how others will view me. And, and that's how God's been redeeming a lot of my weaknesses that I had in my life and saying, Paul, like, you know what kind of person you are and you know where you are. But now I go and speak to hundreds of people uh, on a regular, like, very frequent basis. In fact, this Saturday I'm going to a retreat and talking to young millennials about this and I'm like, actually, I'm now enjoying it. I've never thought I was, I was about, I could say this out loud, that I actually enjoy public speaking. But that's what God does. Is like God uses even like your weakest and perhaps what you consider your like failures and your, your weaknesses, but he turns that into something so much grander, so much greater, where it's just so evident that without God, this would have been impossible. But my story, I hope uh, it encourages you, it encourages you to even encourage your, your, your students that um, the things that they've gone through, God can always use it for good. Mm, Paul, that's really great. You know, as, as youth pastors, that's a huge part of what we're doing. I, our calling is to help uh, students who have been hurt and uh, embarrassed, like like what you're talking about, redeem that and and use it. And so, 
uh, that's that's huge. And so, Paul, you're you're obviously a very driven person. Um, you know, you've, you're a man of big goals and very passionate about the future and where you're going and directions. But uh, not everyone is. Uh, not not every teenager is, and I'm sure most of uh, youth pastors listening to this podcast uh, would would love for a student to have some kind of a drive. You know, uh, most of them. Mm-hmm. So. Any any suggestions or help on just kind of uh, what a youth pastor might be able to do to encourage some students that maybe don't have um, a, so much drive and, and passion for for accomplishment and achieving. So any suggestions, tips on on, on helping students get motivated and, and, and find that. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome question, uh, Ryan. And I think that the really the number one thing that I would recommend is to be a role model. Um, you cannot underestimate the power of modeling. Um, the, re- the reason why I became the person I am, and it's not like I was always motivated. I, in fact, when I was in my teenage years, I had zero motivation. I mean, I, I love reading books these days where I read, try to read you know, a book a week, but when, until I was 14 years old, I couldn't even count like how many, I could count maybe like in my own, fingers, like how many books I read of my entire life. I hated reading, right? But part of what the transformation process happened is looking at my parents and how my parents just led uh, by example of what it means to be first and foremost a Christian, right? Um, not just going to church. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about every single time. How do you talk to people in a very godly way? This could be strangers. This could be people that you meet in restaurants or, you know, servers, you know, anyone. I'm talking about detailed things like what do you do in your free time? Um, how do you lead by example? And if, if you as a youth pastor could lead by example to show them an alternative because so many of them, remember that many of these youth students, they, they have grown up in a very broken and dysfunctional family with divorce rates that are so high they don't have a dad. They don't have a mom. They don't, they don't have somebody to be loved on. When you show that love on their life, you show it by action, not just words, but through genuine action. They're going to be like, wow, I've never experienced this in my life. How can I, how can I be like this guy? Like you're going to inspire them. And that's so much more powerful than telling them, oh, you need to do this, you need to do this. Many people know what to do. The problem is not knowing. The problem is about doing. And that gap is so big. And part of that is inspiring them when you lead, lead by action. And you might not even see the fruit, honestly. The fruit, not, you might not be able to see that. But part of it is you've got to look at the long-term game. Maybe 10 years, 20 years down the road, they might come back to you. And you actually see the fruit. Over 10, 15 years, you see the transformation. And they will say, if it wasn't for your love, if, if it wasn't for your mentorship, if it wasn't for you who spent the time praying over my life at the time, you know, I would not be where I'm at. So I just want to encourage you that you know, the, the countless time and effort that you're investing into these students, it, it, the, the fruit, the return on investment is astronomical. Yeah, that's that's uh, so important, uh, especially for youth pastors that are. Uh, man, it, it's a it's a grind at times, and it's 
it's taxing and it's, uh, you know, one of the big things about youth ministry is often you don't get to see the, the fruit of all of that investing until 10, 15, 20 years later when they're adults and they're looking back and saying, oh, man, I was a knucklehead. And, uh, you know, thank you for, for uh, not kicking me out. Thank you for loving me through that. Thank you for, uh, you know, dealing with my issues. And so, uh, yeah, you're right. That, that, is, uh, that is huge, uh, so huge, so huge. So uh, who are some people that, that, that really, you know, you mentioned being an example and, uh, being a model. So who are some people that, that shaped you? I know you mentioned uh, your parents, but are there some other key leaders or uh, people in your life that really influenced you? Yeah, there's uh, a bunch of them. Uh, I really, first and foremost, would say, you know, my parents did a, a fantastic job with that, but I also can think about my mentor when my t- days in Portland working at Boeing and feeling like, gosh, like I was just on, on this uh this path to succeed professionally, but I was so uh, living an unhealthy life, uh, not even thinking about my spiritual life and living a very compartmentalized life. And my mentor, he started to really invest in me, and he he's he was really good at asking questions. Um, he didn't tell me like, "Ah, oh, Paul, you need to do this, you need to do this," but he asked me some thought-provoking questions that helped me realize that this is this is something that I I need to change, right? So I think that's been really huge. Um, also, these days, I mean, I have my coach. Uh, my coach, he, he's been really awesome because, again, like in this world, that well, the things that I do where I coach and speak, it's, it's oftentimes, you know, it could be very lonely and it could be very much like, you know, you don't have a community, but this coach really helps me uh, ask some brilliant questions that help me understand and uh, make sure that I, I, I am living a very healthy life as well. So um, I try to surround myself with what I call a board of directors. And, mm-hmm. uh, and these board of directors will, will help me make some of my biggest decisions that I, I would have to make, whether it's like people, uh, whether it's like my future spouse. You know, if I, you know, um, get married, you know, I'm not just going to get married and tell people. I'm just going to, I'm going to show to them to my closest people in my life and I want to hear their thoughts whether it's positive or negative I need to hear it um, and you know those are people that I would highly recommend you surround yourself with that's going to be a huge game changer yeah I've heard that uh, mentioned quite a few times people talking about creating your own board of directors and getting some some people involved in your life like that and that's great I think uh, helping students and helping other people get that is, is huge. So uh, I think it's just a, a, a great, great uh, suggestion there. So, uh, Paul, what are some things that you're thinking about uh, with millennials or just even in your own personal life that, that gets you really excited right now? Um, well, personally, I, I'm really excited about um, just where God's leading this. Um, I just I just see God's hand and God's um, guidance on how He's leading Kara. For me personally, um, I, I'm seeing already the fruits of millennials who are reaching out to me, and um, they're they're sending me messages about how the book's been shaping their life and challenging them and. Um, so, so I'm blown away by some of these responses, and um, you know I'm heading out to Korea um, and potentially Europe as well. The book's getting translated in multiple different languages. So, um, as God's been uh, doing this work, 
I just want to continue to see more transformation. I just want to continue to see more young people who do not conform to this world and expectations and standards that the world has placed on, but to operate from God's definition of success. And, and if I could be a part of that where I can coach them and equip them and, and nourish them, I mean, that's what I feel my purpose in life is. So, yeah, that's really what I, I look forward to. That's great. That's great. So you, you mentioned, uh, you know, success. So what, what really comes to your mind? What are a couple of words or, or images that come to your mind when you hear that word success, successful? I know that's a real big buzzword right now um, is being successful. And so what are, what are some things that you've researched uh, that, that come to mind when you hear that word successful? First and foremost, uh, being a faithful steward um, is important where we are not the owner of our life, right? We are simply managers of our life. And um, another word is it's direction. Um, success is, is, is really about, you know, where are you going? What direction? The Bible is full of examples of the, the metaphor of, of, of going on this path, right? And you could go on multiple different paths, but all these paths lead to a different direction. So what does that direction look like? Calling, purpose, those are two big words too, uh, where uh, it's, it's, decide, it's kind of a, it's a compass. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, your GPS system that will help you um, make sure that you're on the right path. So those, those are some of the words that come up to me. That's that's great, man. I got I got two more questions for you, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Paul, do you do you have a quote or a verse that has really shaped you, or just kind of that you hold on to? Yes, absolutely. Um, for me personally, um, I've been impacted a lot by um, Ephesians two ten. You are God's workmanship, or you are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to the good works which God prepared in advance. And uh, for me, that, that's been a huge game changer uh, for me to realize that I'm not just a nobody. I'm actually God's multi-million dollar investment, that I, that I am God's masterpiece. And to me, that's been a huge game changer in helping me understand my identity in him. That's great. And uh, probably the most important question that I'm going to be asking today is, what is your favorite Korean food? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I, I got to say, man, there's a lot, but I, I really love Korean barbecue. Um, Ooh, I mean, come on. Yeah, Korean barbecue is the best. And um, if you want the best Korean barbecue, come to Koreatown in L.A. Um, it's so amazing. I mean, San Diego... Uh, it's, it's also honestly, but <laughs> other parts of the world uh, in the states uh, I've been to, but the best of the best, you want to come to uh, K Town in LA. They have really good. Characters. All right, man. Uh, I'm on my way. I'll, I'm on my way. We'll be there soon. For some reason, I don't know that Oklahoma is going to be high on the uh, Korean barbecue, um, but uh, I might have to try some out here and see see what it does. Uh, but I will be out there for uh, some Korean barbecue in L.A. That sounds really good to me. Paul, any last words for us as we, we, we uh, wrap this thing up? 
Yeah, um, just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, if you do want to reach out to me, feel free to connect me on social media, also on the websites I shared with you, caro.org or pulson.org. You can get more of my uh, information there, but love to connect with you. And um, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, guys, I really uh, recommend you guys connecting with Paul. He uh, he is very humble in uh, those that have recommended and endorsed him, uh, but uh, he, he comes highly endorsed by lots of big names and uh, has been grabbed lots of attention recently uh, with, you know, magazines, uh, blogs, and uh, all kinds of people. So, Paul is on the watch list for sure, and uh, I know that Paul uh, is still booking up uh, some speaking engagements um, for his book tours and things like that. And so if there's anything that he can do um, to uh, help you guys out, uh, even FaceTime in with some of your students to help them with calling uh, and uh, just kind of finding some purpose. The verse that comes to my mind, uh, Paul, is, is, you know, without vision, my people will perish. And I think that, man, so many students right now are just lacking vision. And so that's why, uh, you know, a lot of why they're apathetic and, and kind of lazy. You know, they just don't have vision. They don't have a, a plan or a purpose for their life. And so they're just kind of uh, taking life as it comes to them. And so uh, I know Paul's heart is to serve and to help. And so if he can help you in any way, please uh, reach out. You can get more information um, about uh, him on our website. That's YPRoundtable.com. You can get more information uh, about Paul there. I mean, I really encourage you guys to get a hold of that book and uh, the, the, the companions, uh, you know, of, of resources and some of the graphs and things like that that he talked about. He goes into much more detail on how to use those and uh, actually kind of showing you how, uh, you know, how to work with those. And so we want to encourage that book, Quarter Life Calling, Quarter Life Calling. And so want to get that. I know it's available on Amazon. I know it's available in lots of bookstores. And so uh, take a look at that. Get a hold of that. Uh, I know it would be a great resource for you. Well, that, this is our time. Uh, it's been a great call and a great podcast for all those that are listening. And I want to thank you. Please, again, thank you guys for sharing it. Thank you for liking it, leaving comments. That's all the stuff that helps us get the word out about what, what we're doing here at the Youth Pastors Roundtable. We're so uh, thankful for each and every single one of you. We'll be back next month in August to talk about uh, reaching school campuses, how to get on there, um, how to, you know, for some of you guys it feels like it, just an iron gate. You know, you just can't get past this thing. Uh, and so how you get past that, how do you get in there, how do you create a partnership uh, with these schools. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening in. Paul, thank you for your time and uh, being with us today. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you uh, next month.